We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. You probably know the feeling. Sweaty, fast breathing, quick heart rate. That's a cortisol spike. It feels awful and its imbalance is the cause of your anxiety. Rebalance Health's three-part anxiety system helps address it at the root. Rebalance Health lozenges are natural and designed for optimal absorption, providing 24-hour relief. Live life fully without feeling like you're fighting for it. Get 50% off your first month with code CALM23 at rebalancehealth.com. I don't know anything about that. Yeah. Somebody was posting some screenshots that I tailed and it was fun. I think they throw the ball very, very fast and high live, but that's... Me too. A different strategy show for a different time. This Tuesday, 1 p.m., PGA DFS strategy show here at Stochastic, the last one of the PGA regular season. I am Ben Reza. I am joined, as I always am, by Eric Lindquist in the house for the Wyndham Championship. Got to get inside that top 125 in the FedEx Cup playoffs. If not, you've been jettisoned to live probably. But we'll talk about that in a second. We'll talk about prize picks as well. We see chat. Ready to go, but sir, how are you on this Tuesday afternoon? Oh, doing good. Obviously, MLB, the world is falling apart. Uh, random things like the Padres. Hosmer not approved the trade. No active negotiations so far. Could be a snag. Could be a snag. That would be great. Here's the thing. Could you find some value if, if something like that doesn't end up going through? Because I don't think you can really react to it as of right now. I mean, San Diego lines have already moved and... It's it's getting to be pretty nuts, but I do I, I do think that this is day or year in year out one of the most profitable days betting wise uh, in terms of being able to take advantage of certain pieces of value. It's not that the books don't know that it's the trade deadline, but some of this stuff is priced in and some of it isn't, and it's pretty easy to tell where the spots are there. So I know we're going to talk golf here, but it's such a big MLB day. We've got a great video over on the Odd Shopper channel from from Josh Engelman, from from uh, Greg Ehrenberg, and from myself. We're we're constantly doing MLB videos over at the Odd Shopper channel. Go give that a like, subscribe, and follow. Go check it out because we are putting in tons of work over there daily. It is true. A lot of ways to exploit the market. We're going to talk about ways to do that, obviously, in the PGA streets and in the MLB streets and in 27 days in the college football streets, uh, which is where I actually want to be living. But in the meantime... Let's talk about our sponsor here, Prize Picks. You've been in those streets for quite a while. You even got me on board, and it's because of their different format. If you guys haven't been over their daily prop-based contests, a different way to play, no sharks, no optimizers. You're choosing five-player lineups, up to five players, up to 10 extra entry fee. It's just over-unders. It's a different way uh, to kind of do it. And in a tournament like this, when you're talking about, you could bet greens in regulation, fairways hit birdies are better. I love stuff like this because we've seen Sedgefield a lot. We know this course. It seems pretty attackable on the prize pick side. Yeah, it definitely does. Well, unfortunately, some of the birdie numbers have been inflated to a place where they're not as advantageous, but maybe you want to dip your toes in some four birdies are better for Ricky Fowler. Is that something that might be on no. the card? No. Not on my card, but... <laughs> 
I mean, that's uh, yeah. I think I'm banned from doing that. Yeah. Uh, For, if you want to go, go ahead, please. Oh, I was going to say. So, I mean, you could just look at some of the greens and regulation. I mean, 14 and a half is a pretty lofty number, but you do get a lot of these par fours. There's eight of them that are between 400, 450 yards. I don't know. Looking at 14 and a half for the likes of Sung J M in his current form, I think that looks like a pretty hefty under for me uh, in this spot. Uh, the average, you know, on tour for most people, I mean, you're looking at 13 greens in regulation kind of being the going rate, 13 and a half, 14 being the standard number when, you know, somebody like me tees it up and you're thinking about, oh, that's kind of what the tour average would be more towards. It's actually a little bit lower than that. So I see 14 and a half for Sung Jay. But this current form, I, I don't know. Wanted to give that one a specific shout out. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of ways. I want to see where those tee times come out. Uh, if you want to get over there, we'll match your first deposit up to $100 with the promo code AWESOMO. Go download that app in the App Store or prizepicks.com. No reason not to get started over there. Take a shot. know a lot of people that have made a lot of money with these parlays. I'll have a video out tomorrow breaking it all down. See, Chad is lively. We got some good, all the regulars in there. Look who's here. Is that downside of me in the house? Jesse, is that the real Jesse, Mr. Lee? I think it is. I think it is. I just wanted to let him know that I hated him. Yeah, that's, there you go. Incredibly sharp. Even though for whatever reason, well, I don't know. We're in this tilt, whatever it's called, Slack channel, and we just yell at the world or Discord channel, excuse me. That's me. Yes, of of course it is, Jesse. Uh, I go in there once in a while. I just put on caps lock and let it rip because it always feels good when, you know, Tony Finau wins back to back or something like that. But for the most part, uh, Jesse and I have the same player pool. It feels like almost every single week. It's a blind spot in my game. I'm going to have to fix it very soon. Well, we'll see what we can do here. Always good to have some sharp minds and fire Twitter takes in the chat. That's what we like. If you want to support us, hit the like button, subscribe to this channel. Let's talk a little Wyndham championship. It starts, of course, with the core Sedgefield country club we've seen it a lot doesn't seem difficult technical bermuda pretty fast greens donald ross we know what we're getting right yeah for the most part i mean you get my boy jt poston uh former winner here you get kevin kistner former winner here from last season uh there are some ways to go about it but what it really comes down to is getting hot with the irons and i I think that that's kind of expressed uh there's a number of places you can find this information but looking at some of the top 10 finishers top 20 finishers, some of the winners here over the last couple of years. The recipe is hitting it really well with your irons and making a boatload of putts. So uh, that's kind of where it is on some of these golf courses that aren't as demanding off the tee. A lot of the off the tee numbers at some golf courses, you know, you've got to keep it in play and do things. This is one of them where, yeah, you want to keep it out of the rough. But for the most part, if you're crisp with your irons, if you're making putts, you're going to play really, really well at this track. No doubt about it. Uh, I think there's a pretty easy profile of what you want to do. You just kind of described it. You can attack if you want, but you got to go low. You're going to have to convert the putts. That's going to be a theme. And we've seen it. It's not the strongest field in the world. It's an opportunity for some of these mid-level guys to maybe rack up some wins or for some of the elite players on tour who don't win as much, a la the Tony Finau's or Will Z's, uh, to maybe get another winner. In Will Z's case, maybe his first win Is there anything else you really want to talk about with this course? Like I said, we have the luxury that we've seen it a ton. Uh, I don't think there's going to be any surprises. Um, I will say, I think that there's a small uh, reason to maybe start, uh, if you're going to have the 110 split for showdown kind of situations, 10, 11, 12 is the amen corner of this golf course, so to speak. Uh, They're really tough. You have a 440-yard par 4, 490-yard par 4, 
and a 235 yard par uh, par three back to back to back. So what happens is if you start on 10 and you wrap around, you get 18, which is one of the harder golf holes, but then you can kind of start clean on the backside. I guess it doesn't really matter, uh, so to speak. It's more of just like pointing out that back nine, uh, the beginning of it, that's going to kind of be where this golf tournament is won and lost 18. Uh, we all know that that finisher because I always think of the stinger, uh, that kid from Georgia Tech hit. Do you remember that kid? Um, Ogletree. Like, what? Andy yeah, it was Ogletree. Uh, maybe, yeah, I think it was Augustine. Ogletree. Those are the only two Georgia Tech golfers. No, he had I... a really, really long last name, but he had that stinger two iron that went like 330. Augustine? No, no, it's like a okay. really long last name. I can't remember. I think he had Ollie? spectacles. No, I'm uh, going to figure it out. Okay. This is, this well, is very important three. to me. There's think, a video of it on YouTube, and it's just one of the most beautiful golf shots I've ever seen. So it's more of just like, I need to know. He has a did, really long last name. Did Did Ollie even go to Georgia? Yeah, yeah it was Sn- Snyder Chance. That's exactly who it was. Uh, well, Ollie Snyder Chance. Oh, I said I Ollie, the hatless wonder. Yeah, the hatless wonder hits a stinger two iron on this 18 T box that is like, this is like a random golf shot from six years ago. And I still think about it from time to time. It's that beautiful. How about me pulling three Georgia Tech golfers up? Give you didn't me, even say Kucher. You didn't yeah, even throw well, him out. That's the hard chalk. But I mean, it was yeah. I kid. went. I went to the depths. Uh, all right. Love that there about we you. Go. I'm I on like the show it. with the right guy. Is what I just learned. I don't know about that. Uh, weather. <laughs> we'll keep an eye on that. Right now, yeah. I think everything looks fine. But we we just got the tee times. Obviously, this is a Tuesday afternoon. Right now, I'm not doing anything with it. But as Wednesday comes, and we get to live before lock. We'll we'll see if anything pops up in terms of a wave advantage. You know, with prize picks, we can correlate those picks if it looks like it's going to be very windy to you know short the greens and regulation things like that. But obviously, we got to look at the top of the board, and you know, this is kind of what we get with the Wyndham. You you've got guys that aren't normally accustomed to being in the 10k range but other names nonetheless will z webb shane lowry sun jm billy ho types i mean nothing really stuck out when i saw that are you drawn <laughs> to one particular guy up top well something stuck out to me webb simpson at 10 7 is pretty I like bonkers because at least now it's a decision if he was like 8600 he would be 45 percent. i would put him on my tweet that says fade he would win the tournament and then I would have to mute a bunch of people that yelled at me. And that that's really the routine. Now we have a decision at 10, seven, you're paying a lofty price tag for a guy that has a daughter named Wyndham, just to give you an idea of how much he likes this course. I was going to literally throw that out there, but go ahead. Wow. Well, I, I threw Good it. Good job. That's why I go, why I go. Here first. you go. Here you go. Third T2, second T3, T7 since 2017. Is that good? Pretty good. Yeah, so I like Webb Simpson. Uh, he's 10-7. As you said, the the number is going to keep people off of him, and yay for that. Uh, I can guarantee you, just knowing Alex Baker and his love affair with Webb Simpson, that the best player in the world, him and Whistles, in whichever capacity you want to go one to, uh, I will take the Alex Baker side every single time. But Webb Simpson, sub-5%. Uh, this is just his golf course, and this is a spot that he's obviously... It, it doesn't even really matter with certain guys, what their form is coming into spots. But even last week, we saw a pulse for Webb Simpson. Like, that's the most encouraging thing in a long time. So, like, do we just do we just play Webb Simpson here? So, certainly the tools uh, as stochastic are where I'm going to be looking for that guidance because at this price, if Webb Simpson starts to garner some ownership, I think it's a pretty easy fade. Correct. Uh, I'll live with it. I know that Webb can do it. He's done it for a decade here. 
but I would much rather play Will Z, Shane Lowry, Sunjay M before I click web. Now, small thing with Shane Lowry right now, our chat is reporting, that's why we got the best in the business, that he lost his clubs, might not have them. I don't know what that really means. We'll keep an eye on it. We'll have to see if we get more information leading into Thursday. I don't think it's a huge deal for a guy like that. He'll be ready to play even if he doesn't practice per se, but it's worth noting. I think I'm drawn to Sunjay. It's the betting oh, no. favorite. Price is reasonable. It's going to be popular, but at 10-5, he makes such a rock-solid starting spot. I'm probably yeah. going to be full fading Sungjae this oh, week. Oh, yeah. Okay. So we're we're on completely different sides Good, of the coin, I and like I think that. That this comes to a this comes to kind of a decision point of what sample size means to you. Because if you look at the last fifty rounds, Sungjae, well, let's start with a hundred rounds over the course of his last hundred rounds, grouping in a lot of twenty twenty one data. We're looking at Sungjae fifth in DK scoring amongst this field. You trim that to his last fifty rounds to give you a context of how bad he's playing compared to some of these top players this season. He's 28th in DK scoring amongst this field. So like his recent form has been brutality and there's, there's really no case you can make for it. Now this is a weaker field. He's coming off of a T2 where he finally put it together at the 3M, but I don't know about going back to him here coming off of that one week when we're talking about his, his most recent other than one tournament, it's just been a really, really tough sledding here for him. So 13.6% ownership. I would rather move all of that to Horschel. I would rather move all of it to Lowry. And uh, Billy Horschel is kind of in a, a spot where I didn't think I was going to be investing in him as much as, or as much as what I am here. But the guy has way better recent form than, than talking about Sung JM. He's lower owned. And you're talking about Bermuda. I mean, I I think for me, it's just simply Sung Jay is going to get eliminated by default of a cheap Webb Simpson of a Shane Lowry and Billy Horschel that kind of surround him. Interesting. Yeah, I, I don't see it. I'll be honest. When I look okay. at when I look at Sanjay's form, I really separate this little stretch of US Open, Scottish Open and the Open. Not saying I wouldn't have preferred him to play better, but to me, it's not really indicative of what we might see. And even Billy Ho, to an extent, you know, he missed the cut in Scotland in the U.S. Open. I don't really care about that, to be honest. Before that, he winner at the Memorial. He's been hit or miss, particularly in, in the majors. But I, I think this is a different skill set. Certainly with Sanjay, we've seen par 70s. We've seen him thrive yep. in Florida. We've seen him thrive on Bermuda. I think it profiles really well. Uh, I totally agree about taking the discount perpetually in ownership at some of these spots. I'm okay with it. I do prefer Sanjay. But I want to ask you, we've kind of, Talk about these guys. Where do you stand on the very top with Will Z? Can he make enough putts in a tournament like this to justify a tag like that? I mean, he he's starting to get kind of a. I mean, it's not a bad rap. His putting is is not good at all compared to no, these top not. guys over the course of his last thirty six rounds. One hundred twenty seventh in this field. We've seen him yip it across the hole at every single major all year long. This loopy stroke that he has going, it's really really brutal, but. First and strokes gain off the tee in that same sample size. First and strokes gain approach. For me, it just comes down to he might have more six to 12 footers than everybody else in the field over the course of 72 holes. So I think it just kind of comes down to what he ends up being owned. Um, right now, we've got him under 20%. I think he's pretty accessible as it stands right now. I, I think you'd probably agree with that. But yeah. um, I, for me, if he ends up starting to get north of that number, which I think as you go up in stakes, people are going to click on Will Z. They they know how secure it is going to him from a ball striking perspective. And uh, if the putter comes along for the ride, he's going to start winning some of these tournaments eventually. But this is definitely an easier golf course. This isn't some major test 
where uh, you basically have Will Z who can ball strike himself to six, eight under, and maybe that's going to be good enough on any given week. Six or eight under is not going to be good enough this week. So you do need to have him convert some of those tries. Yeah, six, eight under will be good enough to make the cut probably uh at this course yeah no doubt about it he's gonna have to make them i i think that he's another guy so this last week with someone i don't think will z really has a surface but if he did it would be bermuda seems to to putt less bad there so that is something obviously less bad i love that it's it's pretty (laughs) dire it's really bad he's certainly shown up in the biggest events in the toughest tracks where lagging you know, from 20 feet and tapping in is gaining strokes. That's not going to be the case here. Going to have to limit the missed four footers. Can he do that? Absolutely. I like him. I like Sanjay more. Last question I ask you every single week. Do you anticipate, you know, Will Z, Billy Ho, Webb, Lowry type combos? Or do you say, eh, not, not for me, double north of 10? So most of the time I will have crunched a couple lineups coming into this show just to get kind of a rough idea of what I'm going to do. I didn't do that today. Um, I don't know exactly. I mean, the MLB trade deadline has just taken over my life and I have too many bets going. It's just getting disturbing. But uh, looking at Taylor Pendrith, looking at Kim, uh, our boy Tom Kim in the middle, those in, in the mid eights, I don't know if we're going to be able to have enough to really go up there. And plus the the underrated thing, this, it's not like there's a 10K or a 10-2 on the board. I mean, everybody's 10-3 and up. They've definitely priced this aggressively uh, on the top end. I kind of like that because I do think it makes you have to really think about it. I will say this is probably one of the the spots where I might be looking to get away from it more than other times. I mean, if I do anything, and I know this might sound a little ridiculous, but like maybe a Willsey and, and Simpson, because I don't think anybody is really going to be putting those two together. Uh, it's probably going to be more Billy Ho uh, being my favorite guy to get to in the 10Ks. Uh, more than likely, Shane Lowry probably second and then Will Z third, but everybody's going to have a little bit of Will Z out of 150. I just think that it, it comes down to an opportunity cost thing. I think there definitely is a better 8K range than anything we're looking at in the 7, 7K range outside of our boy Goddard up. So I'm probably going to say less inclined to go up there just from a hand-building uh, perspective. So on, on the next note, let's see how often you think you're going to go balance. Because if you omit those guys, you've got Russell Henley, Corey Connors, Ty Hatton, Adam Scott, HV3 uh, for this 9K range. Clearly, you can go balanced if you want two or even three of these guys in the same lineup. Where are you drawn? I think they're very accessible, but how do you shake out this next range? Oh, uh, we're just playing all the Russell Henley. And maybe this is just such an easy parry with pairing with Will Zalatoris from a skill set perspective. Will Zalatoris, second in stroke can approach in his last 50 rounds. Russell Henley, number one. He's been in Fuego with his irons. And if you group by Bermuda, which uh, there's a lot of places you can go do that as well, friends. Uh, but I look at, uh, at Russell Henley, his last 50 rounds on regular, on, on under all circumstances, 86th amongst this field in strokes gain putting. You group it by his last 50 rounds on Bermuda, he's literally jumping into the top 50. So I think that there's a little bit of hope that we can maybe get a little bit more out of the putter on Russell uh, from Russell Henley here in this spot. He's been on tour for a while now. I don't think that there's any issue that we have to be looking at from him from a from a recency type perspective. Um, you know, he put up a T10 at, at Detroit. I feel pretty confident that he's going to be a guy that I start a lot of my builds with and doesn't look like he's going completely unowned. It's not like the field's overlooking him. He's the most popular guy we've talked about so far other than Will Z, but I think it's justified. 
it's hard not to uh, like him. He jumps off the page. He was absolutely surgical. T to green at Rocket Mortgage. His 10th place was about as bad as he could have finished, considering how well he struck it. Long term, he's not a bad putter. Russell Henley is not a guy, you know, he's not Grio. Uh, he should be able to putt better. When he's thrived, he's gained a ton of strokes putting in his wins on tour. It, I don't really have anything to knock him. I think he is a justifiable chalk play here. He's a great starting guy. He's a great second man in. I think he could potentially be cash viable. Uh, another guy, though, I'm just going to point out this trend. I 60th miscut, 62nd before the Rocket Mortgage. But those tournaments were the PGA, the U.S. Open, and the Open. I don't really read a lot into that quote-unquote recent form. I think Russell Henley thrives here, and he makes a lot of sense. What happened? Tim Patrick just got carted off the field. That's like my must. I've, he's been a pick for me in every freaking draft. Still? Yeah, he's on the okay. Broncos. It's Kansas City Broncos Week 17 for best ball, and I have like 30% Tim Patrick. That is an absolute disaster to get on this show. Just uh, you can lock up Cortland tilting Sutton. baseball tilting four thousand yard receiving year. You heard it here first. Who? Cortland Sutton, my man. Four thousand. Yeah, four thousand. Just <laughs> if, if they hold the him out, by tw- maybe in the last Calvin Johnson weeks. by twenty five hundred yards. Yeah, if you round up, obviously. Uh, so Jerry or, Judy just doesn't exist. No, we don't need. Uh, believe me, you don't need to talk to me about Jerry Judy. Uh, Ty Hatton is the guy that I want to talk about, though. We haven't seen him in fields like this. Honestly, when we see him, it's majors, top end, you know, API, the Memorial, Wells Fargo, uh, or over in Europe in some big time tournaments. I kind of like the spot. I feel like he's quietly sitting there in the mid nines. He thrives on Bermuda. His best success has been in Florida. Uh, Not that this is in Florida, but it's close enough. I think that Ty Hatton makes a lot of sense here. Oh, no. Is We're that bad? I hadn't. Well, when has Ty Hatton gone well for us this year? There was a couple weeks he didn't play. Uh, Those were I, great I was, weeks. I was very, very happy. Um, of course, I didn't play him at the Open when I should have. I, I had some. I didn't. But... Uh, but yeah, the Arnold Palmer API, obviously that's Bermuda. He's obviously, I mean, he's just kind of good at putting, period, right? Like that's kind Bermuda of what Ty putting does. Especially. Yeah, that's, that's what he needs to do because off the tee is not very good. But his iron play... When that spikes, that's when you start winning golf tournaments. If you're Ty Hatton, uh, the Arnold Palmer, though, even this last year, second, didn't even really hit his irons all that well. But he has such like, I I will say the floor on Ty Hatton amongst this range. Would you agree that it is just way more existent than it is on just about anybody else here? Yeah, I I wouldn't disagree with that. I just I look and I, I just again, I'm really trying to play. It's not even a narrative, but play off guys that we really have only seen in the past month or two in majors and say, okay, that is a different mentality. If we saw Ty Hatton play in Detroit, or if we saw Ty Hatton play in Minnesota and he had a good result, I think he would be in a totally different narrative in the public. And since he didn't play, I'm going to infer that the game is actually in better shape coming off a 24th and 11th. I really do like the spot for him. Okay. Well, because I mean, for for me, I'm looking for a guy who can putt, and this is this is where I think the entire tournament for me kind of hinges on. It's what happens with Adam Scott because yeah. I mean he's going to be popular. Fifteen point four percent ownership. His last three tournaments with strokes gained data, the putter is back to broken. 
I mean, he had figured some stuff out in the spring. He putts well out here in California. He putted well even at the Arnold Palmer, 6.5 strokes game putting. He got that brand new, whatever, I think it's it's not LA Labs, but he got that weird looking stick putter. Uh, it's not Scotty Cameron, I know that, but the Memorial lost 3.3 strokes game putting. At the PGA Championship, lost two. And at the Rocket Mortgage last week, he was doing his solid strokes gain approach irons thing. I mean, he gained 3.8 with them. He started to just stripe it with the irons coming off a 14th and a 15th at the U.S. Open and the Open. Lost 3.8 strokes game putting again. So, like, I don't know what to do with him right now because the ball striking is there. If his iron play continues to be, you know, four, eight strokes, he could lose strokes game putting and still put up a score that you kind of need to have. But I'm more inclined to be fading him and go to Harold Varner there at 9K. And that's where I'm a little bit worried about my exposures for tournaments here right now, but I'm curious if you have any kind of an Adam Scott take, cause I feel really uncomfortable with him right now. It's, it's a tough evaluation. Adam Scott, when you look at his rocket mortgage, he gave you a lot of different things. He had the worst round of any player in the field on Saturday. And then he beat that round by 13 shots uh, mm-hmm. the next day. I, it's just very confusing. You don't see that to that level too often. I'm sure it's in there. I think he's fine. I prefer Hatton and I prefer Varner. Uh, HV3, I bet him at 40 to 1. I really like the spot for him. Another guy that's been really close. We've seen him do his best work at a a course like Heritage. I think there's some comps there. And if you want to talk about Russell Henley's irons, I assume that Harold Varner's irons are not that far behind because he has been consistently on fire with the approach. Yeah, he's really good with the irons. Let's just be dead serious. I mean, he hasn't lost since the Genesis. That was a while ago. Um, I feel pretty confident in him around the green. Isn't really that big of a statistic here, but it's never a bad thing to have in the repertoire. He's been positive in every single event other than the third at RBC heritage since let's go to Sanderson farms. That would be October 3rd. That would be a while ago uh, in 2021. So the guy is just kind of putting it together in that regards. It always comes down to just making enough putts and considering off the tee, you don't have to be that strong. And his driver is definitely the weak part of his golf game. In my opinion, uh, easy for me to click on Harold Varner this week under 10%. Again, the Adam Scott thing, I mean, the entire week, I feel like hinges on what happens there, especially as you move up in stakes to some of the single entry stuff. He's going to be 20, 25%. Nobody is going to look at his, his putter the last three weeks and think the same things that we are, where it's like, all right, maybe I need to show some caution. They're going to see all the ball striking. It makes a lot of sense to get to Scott, but I think I'm more inclined to just turn that into Harold Varner and roll with it. Yeah, I'd agree. And it's not, it's not a spot where I actively don't like it for, for Adam Scott. It's more that I'm really high on the guys right around him. And you can, you can put, listen, you can pair these guys up. I don't think starting with Varner makes a ton of sense. It's a little too thin for me. Um, you know, if you're playing 150, you can do a lot of different things, but that's not my optimal bold. I really like him as a second man in uh, even a third man. in if you're very aggressive, but this is a good range. Not that this is a hot take, but I think the winner of this tournament uh, has a very good shot to come from the 9K range. There's a lot of names with some win equity here. Yeah, I I think Henley's the the front runner for me. If I had to pick somebody today, I mean, I'm not looking at the odds on the board right now. Um, You and I no longer do our betting video in the mornings together on Tuesdays. Yeah, Varner was in it. Yeah, even though I don't have to wake up at 6 a.m. anymore, so I guess I kind of like it. No offense. You You got Lindy's locks going on. Again, odd shopper YouTube. Big things going on there. I'm prepping for college football. You guys know what's going on, but we still have 
you know, again, what's going to be very popular names and names that we have to explore with Denny McPutz, Siwoo Kim, the Donald Ross specialist, Kisner, Tom Kim, Taylor Pendrith, who I certainly got wrong last week, Bez, Harmon, you know, there's a million guys in the eights, a lot of names. How do you work through this? Yeah, Taylor Pendrith, I actually was on, but then uh, Sunday, it was a good fade in showdown. That worked out very, very nicely. Shout out Jesse in the chat. Eat it. Eat it, my friend. Uh, way to play a 37% Taylor Pendrith on Sunday. Way to go, champ. But whatever. Uh, we're talking. Yeah, you just got to let him know how bad of a play it was. Danny McCarthy, Mr. Putz. What? I said, you tell him. Tell yeah, that so- notion, Todd. Um, I will. I will. From from the roofs, uh, we must scream these things. But I got to say, Siwoo Kim is starting to get a little bit more intriguing to me. Uh, it's weird seeing him like upper eights, but that's the kind of golf tournament we have. It's just that he's so crazy popular, probably going to be the most popular player in the field, along with my boy, Poston, my boy, Kim. I think I'm more inclined to play those two than I am Siwoo. So maybe it's just by default, he ends up getting uh, removed. But like, if we're talking cash, you're playing Siwoo. You're playing, you're playing all three of those guys in cash. It's probably one of the easier cash builds that I've seen in a long time because it's just peppering this 8K range. And this is where it's so hard to look at the 10K range and say, I'm probably going to be fitting two just from a hand building perspective because it is very target rich here in this environment. I think the guy who ends up getting the least amount of attention ends up being the guy who won this tournament last year, which you almost never see. I mean, you would see like the, the Kevin or the camera champ bump out of the middle of nowhere at the three M for no other reason than, Hey, he won it last year. And every other part of his form looked terrible. And of course he played well back to back weeks, but Kevin Kistner, uh, I don't know what to do with here. Uh, I'm more inclined to play Denny McCarthy out of any of those three guys, upper eight uh, K's that aren't Tom Kim. So I'm not sure how you would order them one, two, three, but I think I'm definitely going Denny McCarthy due to ownership, Siwoo two and Kistner three, but like I could make a case for just about any of them. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I, I think that Denny McCarthy certainly sets up well. I, I love targeting him in particular off a week that we don't get too often. So he missed the cut at the rocket mortgage. So people are not probably going to be looking at it. And he lost strokes putting. And that is a buyback candidate. This is not a normal situation. Denny McCarthy doesn't lose strokes putting. When he does, he should be cut because the rest of his game isn't good enough to overcome that. He hadn't lost strokes putting since January. I mean, the guy is just automatic. And unlike Will Z, who has no surface, this guy's got all the surfaces. And Mm -hmm. if he had one, it would be Bermuda. It's just domination. He's the best putter in the world. I don't think there's really much argument there. I like him. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. 
I have more trouble, not with Siwoo and Kisner, who I, I think I'm indifferent to, but the next group mm-hmm. with Tom Kim, with Pendrick, with Bez and Harmon, who make a lot of sense. You mentioned Poston and Aaron Wise is there. Like these are a lot of names that I think are very, very close in the projections, the tools and, and possibly even ownership. I mean, po- JT Poston, we've he's just been be, yeah, hammered. He's going to be popular too. Yeah, but I don't really care. Um I don't know. I was on him at the Travelers. I said jam him at the John Deere. He won the John Deere. That felt really good. I bet him out right there. That worked out. Uh, the Open didn't work out. 3M, he got right back on it. You know, you talk about the outlier spot where you head over to the Open and anything can happen. Came back, was right back on his stuff. Off the tee, he's just been so, so solid. And the around the green putter combination, you get on Bermuda, you get on a golf tournament that he's won before here a couple of years ago. He's just got all of he's got everything trending his direction. Now, do you pump the brakes and just kind of hope he fails? I'm more inclined to say I hope Brian Harmon fails right above him at 8300. If you're going to get both of them around the same 25, 28 percent ownership and then Pendrith at 20 percent like Pendrith just stands out as a really good guy to be getting to in terms of like these off the tee where he can just bomb it all over the place. Can he be good enough? With his irons, well, if he does what he did last week, 6.1 strokes gain there, sure. But I haven't seen that routinely enough with him. He's probably going to be another guy that I'm going to be under the field on as a result of just the love I have for Tom Kim and JT Post. And I think they're the two chalk plays I'm the most comfortable with, probably looking at going way under to Brian Harmon, uh, Taylor Pendrith. And then BZ is just kind of there. I think he, I agree that he's kind of there, but I think by default that makes him a very interesting tournament play. Cause I think most mm-hmm. people are going to say, okay, I'm going to go under on some of this chalk. I'm going to buy into some of the other chalk in this range and call it a day. And Bez doesn't fit any of those profiles. He's not going to be a volatile asset in that regard, but he is volatile in the sense that he's a spike putter. He gained 8.4 at John Deere, 8.1 at Byron Nelson, and was pretty flat in between that. And he's usually a guy we only see in really strong, tough courses, hard events. I like to see him at these. I think there's an element like Ty Hatton where he can really elevate some of his finishes on tour in these type of events. I'm buying into JT Poston. I just like this spot too much. I'm buying into Aaron Wise. I think that he's Mm -hmm. been fine uh, making the cuts in majors, doing what he's doing. The putter's a mystery box each week, but he's still got all the talent in the world and the price is right. Well, I kind of like that we don't know what happened at the Open and the and the U.S. Open with the putter. Um, he played okay. I mean, top 30 at the U.S. Open, top 35 at the Open. I'm willing to kind of bland, blindly back in there at 21%. But could you imagine if BZ ends up winning the 8K range, the amount of like pain that's and suffering fine. that that would cause me? Like, I, I think that's why he's a worthwhile tournament play because he's uh, got real upside and he is he is the direct pivot off three or four guys in the range. So Mm -hmm. even honestly, I want to open it up just a little bit. Do you feel like Davis Riley and Justin Rose encompass that too? Or are they different type of options? Look, I have no idea what to do with Davis Riley anymore. I was backing him. I know he's not your favorite. I love the golf swing. I love the composure. Uh, I love the pedigree just, you know, coming from the Dallas area, like the Texas roots and, and the amount of like, uh, stuff you hear about from from Jordan Spieth and the Lightning, where they just really, really like this guy. And uh, generally, when when you get a couple of really good results like this, and now you've kind of locked in your card for next year and locked in your card for quite a while, uh, you're kind of free rolling, and you think that that could free him up. He's third in DK scoring amongst this field 
over his last 50 rounds. Third, and he's 8K. I mean, that's wild, especially when you look at some of his last two tournaments. Played terrible at the Rocket Mortgage, played terrible at the 3M, but yet somehow from a DK scoring perspective, he's finding results. And I, it, it's kind of an outlier to me a little bit because he went on this crazy summer stretch where he was playing easier golf tournaments like the Mexico Open, the Byron Nelson, the PGA, the Charles Schwab. And what happens as a result of that is when you're playing these weaker fields and you're playing well, your stats are going to look inflated. And I think that that's kind of what it's coming from. But this field is not exactly that strong, and it's not exactly like he can't go out there and make a boatload of birdies. I, I think, I don't know. I, I He's another guy kind of where Adam Scott, I just don't know what to do with him yet. It's really just going to, it's it's a little bit of a cop-out to just say, oh, it's going to come down to an ownership play. But right now, he's 15%, whereas you get Wise way north of that. JT Poston way north of that. Same with Brian Harmon, uh, Tom Kim, like, I don't know if you can find a way to go Davis, Riley and Beasy and have that work out for you and beat the rest of the range. That just makes a really good three max team. That's the kind of thing that can differentiate you in a 20 max. Like I'm trying to get away from Davis, Davis, Riley, but I don't think I can do it if the field's not going to play him. Uh, it keeps him in the conversation. See, I'm the opposite. Like I, I, I know you hate to, this guy. I don't hate him. I just don't have any feel on what he's doing. <laughs> and now I started to play him and it's going predictably poor he keeps him in the conversation if he's not popular if he was if i was choosing best available in this range i would have zero issue clicking wise or boston uh over him if i'm getting one third one fourth the ownership and i need the leverage i might look to him but i'll be honest i'm gonna try to find four hundred dollars and roll the dice with bez before i roll the dice with riley i guess my bigger question is would you rather roll the dice with riley or rose no riley definitely okay. Riley. Yeah. I think I agree with that. I don't know what you get from Justin Rose. Flat 8K definitely had me interested. We He's another one, though. I have said this now three times in the show. We don't really see Justin Rose at these type of events as often. And I think his results would look a little better if he was playing in the creative events. Uh, you know, these just made up fields and Bermudas of the world. <laughs> I still uh. think I would go Riley, though. It seems like he's more apt to give you the ceiling and the floor. And you're really trying to lock in the ceiling when you're, when you're pivoting off uh chalk, you know, mid range. Yeah. We have two top tens for Justin Rose this entire season, the RBC Canadian and the farmers. And he gained 8.7 strokes game putting at the RBC. Like, come on, that is not a Justin Rose type thing. He's actually had some spike putter weeks of uh, top 15 at the PGA where he gained 4.2. You're looking earlier in the season. I, I don't know what it is, but like, he can get hot with the irons. We all know that that can be a thing that he does, but I just think there's so many other guys to be getting to that aren't him. He's pulling quite a bit of ownership for what you would expect Justin Rose to I guess. It's just the AK price tag and there you go. But I think I'm more inclined to, to go elsewhere. I know over his last 50 rounds, he's been top 15 in strokes game putting, but that feels not indicative of what we've seen over the last couple of years of Justin Rose. So I'm more inclined to just click on, Davis Riley get to everybody else in the 8k range other than him yeah and that that goes to you know chat was asking about Pendrith who we covered a little bit to me I just prefer the guys right next to him nothing that he's really doing I don't think it's the best course give me Bez give me Siwoo Danny McCarthy Poston Wise too many guys in the range before I'd click Pendrith yep there you go yep. if you are wanting because the PGA Tour season really never ends and if you just say you know what I want to try it out for the week we've got some deals for you here at Stochastic. You can lock in 50% off 
your first week of any package, go to stochastic.com slash join. Use the promo code, and I think I'm like 0 for 10 on this, but I'm going to go with PGA Strategy <laughs> Show. Type it all out. Tyler, you got to tell me that's right. It's got to be PGA right. Strategy Look Show. Look at that. I knew it was right. Why? Because they tell me these things before the show. 50% off your first week, Stochastic Plus Platinum. That's everything. It's not just PGA. You can get those MOB projections that Alex and the team work on. Certainly all our NFL preseason, Matt Gajeski, Neil Orp, just such a good crew. We know there's money to be made there. A lot going on. Get inside the ropes, join the community. And when you do hop in discord, say hi, you can find me in the betting channels, giving out various picks on various sports, but we still got plenty of guys to talk about as we work down. Killa Keith, Mark Hubbard, Jason Day. We're going to have to talk about him. Munoz, Johnny Vegas, who I really like, got her up. Smalley, champ. A lot of bombers, a lot of aggressive players. What are your thoughts when you go into the mid sevens? My thoughts are F you, Scott Stallings. Uh, Round Mm. one showdown. Had the nuts, but he shot 70. So I end up finishing, you know, top 20. Don't win that. Sunday had the nuts, except for it had Scott Stallings in it. Just ruined my life. Just, you know, probably 150K swing. Just if Scott Stallings does what he did Friday, Saturday on those, you know, Thursday, Sundays. But such a showdown golf. It's a it's a fickle beast, that one. But I'm going to p- click on some Scott Scott Stallings. He didn't even say his name. It's offensive to me. The guy can score a little bit, and I don't know. I, I thought he had decent enough form coming in off of an eighth at the Travelers, fourth at John Deere, and nobody wanted to play him last week, so I played a lot of him. Overall, it went well. I just didn't have very good, good week-long teams. He put up a top 10. It's just I just feel like I'm invested in him above the field all the time. I mean, he has sneakily put together a really good second half of the season. He has two missed cuts at the Memorial and U.S. Open, which has kept his ownership quiet. But we're talking a fourth at Charles Schwab, eighth at Travelers, fourth at John Deere, tenth at Rocket Mortgage. That is four really good results, four top tens in his last six events. And why does nobody play him ever? It's just really, really weird to me that Scott Stallings is now just randomly getting all the attention he deserved the last three weeks. So uh, it's unfortunate, but he's like the first guy that I'm clicking in terms of like security still. I, I can't hit eject now. I wish I could. I wish I could quit this guy, but it is what it is. Uh, now I'll just play him when he's popular and, and try to get different elsewhere. But Chris Goddard up. We all know that I'm going to play him. That shouldn't surprise anybody. You're getting an ownership discount because his putter has just been broken here of late. He'll find that and then he'll be just fine. And you're going to start winning some stuff with him. But I think Sebastian Munoz is kind of the guy at 7,700 that I'm landing on quite a bit in this range. Just if I'm trying to reduce some ownership, if I'm going to be playing some of the truck, your AK guys, which if you're playing anybody in the AK range, it's basically chalky, but uh, it's just somebody that I think for, from a scoring perspective, like Sebastian Munoz can turn it on in these spots when he's really low owned. And I'm just kind of looking for some upside uh, underneath 8K where I can get some of that reduced ownership. And I don't really find it to be that prohibitive going to him as opposed to Kevin Streelman, who's getting double the ownership. I think Svensson's getting a ton of ownership and Cameron Champ. Yeah, he's put it together the last two weeks, but I mean, is off to tee strengths that he has going to be enough here? Um, I don't think so. I'm probably inclined to be hitting eject on him again for a third straight week. Uh, watch that burn me, but. Uh, weirdly enough, landing on Jonathan Vegas. I don't know if you have any, or John, Jonathan Vegas, Sebastian Munoz, if you have any interest there. Uh, I mean, Munoz, I always think is how many times have we seen him, you know, come out of the gates, first round leader esque in a, in a tournament like this can really fill it up, particularly on Bermuda. I have no problem. It hasn't been great, but it, I think it's been better than maybe people expected, or at least I did when I dug in, he's still finding the weekend 
more often than not. Uh, and he's a very good scorer in terms of outscoring his placement points. I do like Jonathan Vegas, though. He is someone that's had given you nothing with the putter, lost in six straight. But he still found the weekend in four of five, automatic off the tee. Mm-hmm. Bermuda's a preferred surface. Easy course. I think that he is actually a pretty interesting target in this mid-range, 7,600 there. I got to ask you, though, about Jason Day. He gained across the board at the Rocket Mortgage, finally landed inside the top 20 when it was all said and done. Chasing? Just ignore it? What What do we do? Because I think we all know I have no feel on a guy like Jason Day. <laughs> now, you have zero points from Jason Day. Z- zero. That's true. It's, it's so it's sad. It's not good. Uh, that's literally the worst. When I think about that, like, that's the only thing that can keep me keep me sane when I have, like, a weekend, like, last weekend where I had the MMA nuts minus one fighter where I have the golf nuts minus one golfer Um, knowing that you have the absolute run bad of all run bad this season. Yeah, no, I'll take that one this year. I've had many, many run goods uh, in my life. So it's a, it's a trade, but I think we ignore Jason day going back to your question. Okay. We we? ignore him. Okay. I'm, I tend to agree. He did look good and he finally showed something with the putter it keeps him in the conversation, but for me, it's just you. You mentioned there's a lot of names here: Munoz and Stallings. I like Vegas. You like Goderup. We haven't even talked. You got Svensson, Chez, Laird, CT Pan, KH Lee, Hardy, Taron, Moore. I mean, there's dozens of guys in the seven Ks. I'd click probably before day. I'm not saying he's not playable, but he's not my preferred target either. I think the right way to think about this. Let's just do kind of a thought exercise. If I could tell you right now, Jason Day was going to finish 25th, how much of him would you want? Um, Yeah, I mean, I, probably around the field, to be honest. That's not some... Because he, he doesn't strike me as the type of guy that's really live to to go crazy with placement, uh, outscoring placement points. Yeah. And when I look, like if you told me Munoz finished 25th, I would want a lot of him. Because Correct. I think that he's the type of guy where it's like, okay, that's going to be lucrative. Jason Day, maybe not so much. That's kind of my my thinking about it is like, we all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com holiday we still need scoring like we still need to have some kind of a way for him to put it up and like you look at some of his numbers like at the 3m 15 birdies 17 bogeys we're looking at five birdies uh travelers he just played terrible and got missed the cut memorial 12 birdies made with an eagle 12 bogeys and a double like there's guys like you know your boy davis last week where you know you're gonna make a zillion doubles but you're gonna get so many placement points and I just feel like a 25th from a guy like Jason Day, I would just want zero of. Like, I think that it's hard for me to justify clicking on a guy at 10% when I know his placement points. Like, when I know I can pretty much get everybody else. I'd rather just get everybody else in the range and try to to try to try find the 10% or 20% that hits with some upside than play the 10% where I know if I'm not getting a top 15 I'm probably not getting enough from them to be viable in a large field tournament. Now, in a small field, of course, you take a 25th from Jason Day and you just count it as a six of six and move along. But like we're talking 
in a large fields type style like this, I don't know how you click on Jason Day over Scott Stallings because of what he's capable of doing. And I know that's a weird thing to say out loud. It kind of felt weird to just say it now. I don't know how you play him over Sebastian Munoz, your boy, Jonathan Vegas. I think I'm very interested in all these other guys just from a scoring perspective. Yeah, I, I think that it's that type of range. Even a guy like Keith Mitchell, who we didn't talk about a lot, like these guys, when you get them right, Cam Champ, uh, not that I like him this week, you really get paid off. Uh, they have that type. You just have to order them for me. I think it's kind of the guys we've talked about. I like Munoz, Vegas, uh, maybe Smalley. I'll give Smalley a look. I did put him on my betting card. He's sitting like 80 to one. And this seems like a pretty good spot as we work down. I want to ask you about CT Pan, who's had some success here in the past. It hasn't really been working lately. Then you've got the regulars in the low sevens. Nick Hardy's been here a lot. Aaron Rye is a guy you always like. Patrick Rogers is a guy I always like. Lee Hodges flashed for about five minutes last week. Jaeger was up there. Sig has been popular. I mean, it's a laundry list of guys with various degrees of the FedEx Cup playoffs. Are you gravitating towards one or two guys in the lower sevens? Not really. It's kind of a dartboard situation, isn't yeah, it? it? Is. Like uh ct pan i can make a little bit of a case for kh lee you can always make a case for uh i would say jj spawn but he's garnering a little bit of attention i bet callum Terran. if there's one thing and again we have the best projections in the game callum Terran has played well enough and done well enough there's no way he's going to be under six and a half percent right i would say i will say it's a pretty big range but i would still say no Okay, he's going to be 10 plus percent. If he's not, I'll play Callum Terran and kind of move along with my life around the green game. Doesn't really matter on this golf course based on what the top 10, top 20, uh, top 20 results have been here of late. And the guy is just on fire with his irons. Four straight strokes gain approach. Uh, looks really, really good coming off of some really weak iron play at the beginning of the summer. So I'm feeling pretty good about what we're seeing from Callum Terran. Sometimes it takes a second. And then they start turning it on. These guys coming out of the, the Corn Ferry Tour looks pretty good to me to, to invest in Callum Terran at that kind of a number. But I just don't think we actually get it. What, so what are your thoughts, though, on Aaron Rye? You, you've been kind of driving <sighs> that that bandwagon I love for a him. while. Off him? And so I, I don't know what to do with him right now because a lot of the things. So coming from Europe to here. I knew that there was going to be some adjustments and the open and the Scottish open, obviously very, very different, but like he generally plays those kind of events well. So it makes me a little bit nervous to just be blindly backing him here. But the one thing is before that he had been positive in strokes gain approach in every single tournament outside of two since Pebble beach. So we're talking about a guy that had really started to turn it on with the irons. The time you saw the best iron play was in the two man event in St. or in uh, Louisiana. So like, legitimately some of his best play we don't even have strokes gained data for the putter is just so tough for me right now it that's what it comes down to other than that random 8.2 strokes gained at the memorial we're just really not seeing enough for him to be that i want to do it very very badly but i think until the putter really starts to to figure itself out he's a tough ask 7200 i mean yeah that that helps there's not a ton of ownership going his direction, like no ownership going his direction. But even still, I do prefer a lot of what we've already talked about, upper sevens and eights. So I, I agree. I, I will say to his credit, if you're looking for a reason, most of his best finishes so far on the PGA Tour have been these type of layouts, RSM, Mayakoba, uh, back in the day, St. Jude. A couple different, I mean, if he's good at farmers, that doesn't really apply. But for most of the part, I think this is 
the better opportunity for him at kind of a technical layout. But you mentioned the putter's got to go with, and he's got some strides to make. So I, I don't really see myself gravitating there. I would rather play Patrick Rogers, who I think is mm-hmm. closer than the results. He came in 44th at the Rocket Mortgage, but he lost 2.2 strokes putting, and he is Denny McCarthy-esque. That's a buyback spot. He's a really good putter. Off the tee is strong. The irons have been positive the majority of the season. I think this is a pretty good spot for him. He's made four or five cuts. I like Patrick Rogers more than I like guys like Gim and Rye this week. Interesting. I don't I don't mind that shout out. I think that that's a pretty sharp take. I was going to make a Danny Willett take oh. if that works. I mean, it's better than it, Chad is asking about CT Pan. I, I've struggled with him all year. 24th at John Deere, 31st at 3M, miscut at Rocket Mortgage with bad putting. If he flips the putter, he'll be fine and he'll make this cut. Mm. I think he's playable, but again, not looking to get to him. If I get to him, I get to him. I don't really have anything else. I think he's appropriately owned. Uh, we've got Wasim saying, is there really a narrative that people outside the top 125 of FedEx have more to play for and more, quote unquote, motivation? I never know what to make of that. Don't make anything of it. It's noise. Um, what's he going to do? True. Try harder? Or if you're not playing well already, oh, now I'm going to play well. Like the only guy that applies to is Brooks Kepka because he's a piece of shit, but um, <laughs> he's no longer of our concerns. So that's beautiful. I, I just, for the record, I completely agree with that. Uh, I, I understand and logically it makes sense, but I've seen more often than not, like if you're in 129th, there's a reason it's because you haven't played good golf and you don't just suddenly play good. It just, you want to play good. You're motivated to play good, but it's, it's not that easy to play good. If it was, they would just play good all the time. So I'm with you. I think that's not something if I was in a tie break situation, Maybe I'd look to it. I don't think it's a bad thing, but it doesn't mean that you just start to play good because you need it. I, I think that's an overrated angle. Yeah. But back to Danny Willett. Um, Please. Yeah. Top 10 that we saw from him. The the bummer. I mean, his his magical superpower is around the green game. That's kind of what it's always been going back to his master's win at the height of his powers. He's a guy who can get up and down out of a trash can. Like that's the best way to describe his golf game. But I still think that there's some encouraging stuff that we're starting to see out of him. Grayson Sig, you brought up. I, I still think that I'm more inclined to be getting to some Danny Willett at the exact same number. Um, that's that's going to kind of be my pivot for it. Um, we're, we're seeing him be flat with the irons. The irons are not good. But when he putts well, and he can putt really, really well from time to time, uh, he puts himself in contention. And so... Uh, Danny Willett, kind of a blind play at 7,100, but we did just see the top 10. So, I mean, there you go. Maybe it's a little chasey, but nobody's clicking on him. He's 2% owned. So I I feel like that's an easy guy to get a little bit over the field on. Yeah, it's it's not, you know, it really does thin out when you get down to the sevens and certainly the sixes, as we'll talk about in just a second. Tyler Duncan is my last name that I want to give a shout out. Played him a... I bet him actually on Sunday against Zach Johnson and I mercifully won that head to head. They were both really bad. And, and <laughs> I, and just to show you how I've been running in July, Tyler Duncan got to 18 up three shots and he had a five footer to avoid triple bogey and he made oh. it. Uh, and it felt like I had won a GPP that he only shot a six instead of oh, a seven. Oh man. That's like, bad. Oh, so that's bad. like, that's an extra regulation goal against you that, that you somehow still won the game on in X, ex- like in, in golden goal situation. It's like just, that's, that's a sweat that's unnecessary. Yeah, that's right. Unnecessary. I used up resources trying to avoid the seven. He's still made six or seven cuts 
Off the tee has been good. Approaches have been really good. Putters hit or miss. Tyler Duncan's in play. Buyer beware. Yay or nay on Ricky? I tried to talk you into some Ricky. I know. I tried. And now I'm asking for the yay or nay. Uh, We'll go... Meh. Nah, no, nah. we're not going to do it. Just, uh, it's lost crazy. six strokes gained approach. I'm what? Yeah, what? I mean, he, he loses. A, first of all, Ricky is is live to lose more than like the over under on balls lost in an event for him is is certainly uh 0.5. It's probably juice to the over. The guy loses. I don't understand. It's like, oh, it's in the tree. <laughs> like, why? I, I have trouble with Ricky. I think it's, I'm not, I'm not going there. He's just yeah. simply not good. So. Yeah, so let's just pass. Oh yeah, go ahead. I'm, I'm done. All right. Nothing. 6k range. Let's get egregious. Hayden Buckley leads us off. I think he's actually a pretty good name there. Him and Schwab, who I can't quit are two guys that I'll look to. Uh, Schwab needs to flip that putter, but this is a range. You're going to be able to find GPP tournament plays. You're not going to see a lot of ownership down here. A lot of names. Some like Bryce Garnett is down here. James Hahn, who's, making the rounds on Twitter, uh, Ryan Armour, Shank, Straka. Is there a guy or two that you think you might, if you say you go very aggressive and you need mm-hmm. someone in the 6K range, where do you think that you land? Oh, I got a guy. Okay. Who do you think the only player in the 6K range, the entire 6K range, who has three top six finishes in the year 2022 is? Chad Ramey. Woo, woo, woo. Brandon Woo, of course it is. Come on now. Is Chad Ramey even in this range? I probably should have looked. Think at so. Oh, no, he's here. Uh, we have a sixth at the, at the Genesis Scottish Open, a second at the Mexico Open, a third at Puerto Rico, coming off of a week where, again, just kind of getting by with the stroke and approach again. That was kind of a broken part in the middle of the season, and I was hoping there was going to be some weak fields for him to get after it. I played him a lot at the John Deere. He lost five strokes around <laughs> the green. What? Like, I had so much of that guy. And it was unbelievable to watch him on the weekend. It was really, really painful. Gained 4.8 strokes, game putting. And generally, putting is where you are feast or famine with this human being. But at 6,900, when he puts it all together, the guy has win equity. And you can't say that about anybody else underneath 7K. So, like, Brandon Wu, I feel like he's gotten a specific shout-out for me multiple, multiple weeks. This is a week where I'm going to be double digits of him in, in 150. So, okay. like, just buckle up. Brandon Wu is an absolute buy at 6,900. I, I don't know why he's continually unowned when he's the only guy who's flashed any kind of upside to actually win golf tournaments this season in this range. I'll give you a couple more before we bounce on out of here. I think that my man Bermuda Benny Martin at 65 course. is in the conversation. I will give a shout out to uh, who we got in chat here. Deep Purple. Sung you'll know a lot of people played at flat six last week and i thought that was an interesting and he had a really bad triple if you wanted to go right back to him i get it he did miss the cut his off the tee game is so bad though he needs to fix that or it's not going to work i'm not sure i'll need to go that low lie before lock i should have more there but anyone really low before we uh call it a day anybody really low uh like max mcgreevy is 6k max mcgreevy could be this week's you know buy-in for for oh, whatever the hell you go right um, to the bottom. Okay. I mean, just flat That's six. Extreme. Uh, let's see. He's number 126 on the on the FedEx Cup. So if you want to talk the narrative, there bubble you go. Bubble boy. Bubble boy. Bubble, 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 but um, Max McGreevy, why not? Vaughn Taylor. Where is Vaughn Taylor? That'll be our last name. 64. Yeah, I get that. 
Um, him and Ryan Armour profile with the courses like this, going to lean on the approach game. If he, the putter's actually been fine. It's off the tee game's weak, but it won't be magnified here. You have options, as I always say. You want to make sure you're paying up for something, though. Like, if you're jamming the nines right. or going double north 10, you land here. I wouldn't play these guys just to play them. I would much rather land in the low sevens if I can get there. One more shout out. He missed the cut last week, but I played him. He's now been positive in strokes gain approach every single tournament since the AT&T Byron Nelson. Kelly Craft. Um, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna try to make it a thing one more time here, just because he has these crazy spike putter weeks. We're talking since the Valero. He has a five, a six, a four, and an eight strokes gain putting event. Uh, smacked in between some pretty good iron play. If those two happen to match up. Kelly Craft is my favorite play under 6,500 or 6,500 and below. Yeah, there are some guys riding hot puck putters there. Sabatini has putted pretty well. Aaron Badley's uh, around the green specialist. So if you're going for narratives or just even skill set stacks, I think these are the type of guys that will keep you in the conversation. But we're going to have to see exactly where the tee times, the weather, and what else gels. And of course, you want all that live before lock tomorrow night, me and Jeff Ulrich. Uh, thoughts on Taylor Moore. I don't have a strong take on him. It's a crowded range. I think he's playable, just not my favorite. I prefer Spawn, Hardy, uh, Patrick Rogers. But any final thoughts from you, sir, on the Wyndham Championship? Looking forward to it. Really hope Russell Hanley Chalk can come through for us. Really hope JT Poston Chalk can come through for us. That's my boy. Uh, Jesse gave a shout out to Vaughn Taylor. That's a no from me, dog. But uh, looking forward to this event, uh, I think that these events, the ones where I don't have to deal with a Tony fee now. I, I think it's pretty open at the top of the board. They're not getting nearly as much ownership as the AK range. Uh, Adam Scott, I'm going to battle with myself between now and lock on that one. But looking forward to you and Jeff on Live Before Lock. Everybody check that out. Absolutely, friends. It's been an awesome season. Don't think we're going anywhere. We're going to have all things FedEx Cup playoffs. But thanks again for hopping in and making one of my favorite shows of the week. If you want to support us, hit the like button on your way out. Subscribe to the channel and get inside the ropes, whether it's at Prize Picks or inside at Stochastic with PGA Strategy Show as that promo code. Thanks to Tyler behind the glass. Good luck, friends. Enjoy the Wyndham Championship, and I'll see you guys tomorrow. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Between aging and busy lifestyles, many women struggle with maintaining their physical and mental wellness. At Aquavita Concierge Healthcare Services for Women, we can help you revitalize your health and reclaim your life. We start from within by balancing your hormones, allowing your body to achieve and maintain desired weight goals. We also specialize in peptide therapies, regenerative medicine, sexual health, and aesthetics in our state-of-the-art facilities. Feel better, look better, live better. At Aquavita, visit aquavitality.com and begin your journey today.